Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, January 10th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Haris Kirmani, and I am joined on this beautiful Monday evening that we're recording this with my guy Ramiz as we take on a seven-game slate that is going to be just glowing up our Tuesday nights over here. Usually Tuesdays are like three-game slates, four-game slates, but no, we got a whole boatload of seven games here, and we're definitely going to get right into it. We're going to be talking about all of the big plays and a lot of value options that I've been just wringing my hand over for the last uh, little while as I was going through, but Ramiz, how are things going on your end? How was your weekend? And really, what are you thinking about the slate so far? I'm feeling good, man. I'm, I'm ready to win some big money. I think I got some good picks. Uh, yeah, let's do it. A seven-game slate is kind of not usually happening on Tuesday, especially because of, I think, American football, that is. Because mm. of how they schedule that. But yeah, I mean, let's do it. I'm ready. Uh, all right, perfect. All right, well, we will get right into it. So the way we're going to be uh, kind of focusing in on is really on positions itself. In the end, we're doing a, a DFS primer over here, and it's all about keeping yourself up to date as you get closer and closer to lock itself. And as always, if you have not yet subscribed yourself to the Sports Ethos DFS Pass, get yourself on that now. Not only do you get access to incredible content made by so many DFS pros, and if you happen to be following any of them on Twitter, whether it be Keith, Kenny, Dan, any of our guys, you will see that our DFS team has been killing it this season. We're putting up tons and tons of winning lineups, lots and lots of opportunities to be able to get yourself into the money. So get yourself to that DFS pass. Get yourself on our Discord as a result of it, where you get to ask the pros all the way up until lock, combined with that live injury report. There's just so much out there, and that is going to be a big big factor in what we're going to be talking about tonight as well. So I'm going to start with the point guard position because that is, in my mind, the most loaded position on this day today where, you know, it's it's about where you're going to be kind of starting your pillar. And I say the pillar plays is what we like to call it, where you're going to have your cornerstone as far as the lineups are concerned. And going back to the injury side of things, I'm looking at that Philadelphia team with Joel Embiid still listed as questionable. I'm going to say highly unlikely to actually play this. His foot is always just like a big, blaring red flag for me. And with that, James Harden just always becomes the guy that I look towards. Anytime he's sitting in that kind of 10,000-ish price range, which he is right now, 10,400, had this game against Detroit literally two nights ago where he dropped 57.75 in just 28 minutes. He actually didn't need to do much once the half finished, and he was on a triple-double at the half. I think one assist behind it, and then ended up on 2011-11, only needing to play 28 minutes in a game that ended up being a 12-point victory for the 76ers. Now, the Sixers sitting at home here, there's, of course, still that risk when it comes to how well Detroit will do, but Detroit's getting healthier. They've gotten some of their guys back. Killian Hayes came back as well. And to me, let's start with that. James Harden is probably going to be in a good bit of my lineups today just from the initial setup on my end. What are you thinking about it so far? James Harden is also on my list at the point guard position. I think uh, it's honestly much different because you look at James Harden nowadays, not as a scorer, but more so just a playmaker. And he's been able to do that on a continuous basis with or without Embiid. So uh, I think James Harden is a really good pick, especially with the seven-game slate. There's not a lot of options to go over the 10,000 mark. And if you're going over 10,000, I think James Harden is a player you should look towards uh, investing in. And 
like you said, he had a monster game against Detroit in 25 minutes. So whether it's a close game, whether it's a blow, he's going to get his numbers, I believe. Perfect. Yeah, he's definitely on my list. Who do you have as far as the uh, point guard side is concerned? Where have you been looking? Is it another expensive guy as well, or are you looking more into the value side of things? So I got for my other another point guard position. I got Damian Lillard at 9,500. Uh, I feel like Damian Lillard. I wouldn't go over if he was over 10K, but I think uh, against the, I believe it's the Orlando Magic. I think with the Orlando Magic, they're more of a front court heavy team. So you're going against probably the Folds and Suggs, which are some really solid defenders. But Damian Lillard's Damian Lillard. So I I think at home, he's he's played a great game against the Raptors, I believe, and. Uh, with Dame, I just think he's going to get a really good game. Uh, at 9,500, 9, I think uh, he's just better than the other options I would go for in terms of that route. Mm. What are you thinking? Yeah, no, that's completely fair. I mean, one, you can never go wrong with Dame. He literally just dropped 55 <laughs> on the Raptors the, uh, two nights ago as far as his DK points are concerned. But it's just one of those things where Orlando is just such an enigma of a team. They'll come out one day and just smack the Warriors. The other day, they'll come and just pretend like they don't even know how to play basketball so that's always just this weird weird relationship i have with taking any games or taking any guys coming up against orlando but if they can keep it even somewhat close lillard who has been much better at home from an efficiency perspective and just an overall dk points perspective as well is going to be a good option to be able to take given the fact that the blazers are taking this and also it's a 10 p.m game just have a thing for tip for late games get to have a little more exposure there it's just I told you, it's, it's a mental block. It's going to happen. I'm going to end up having someone from there, and that's where I'll go. So the way I like doing this is with each of the positions, there's really three guys overall that I you know rank out over it. So we've got our first ones, right? You said Lillard. I said Harden. The other two areas or two guys, really, that I've been looking at here is going into that value side. First of all, I'm going all the way down to the and near the end of the slate with the Phoenix Suns taking on the Golden State Warriors. Now, on the Phoenix side of things, they're just riddled with injuries. <laughs> Chris Paul's questionable. DeAndre Ayton's questionable. Cam Johnson's out. Cam Payne is out. Jane Crowder is out. And, of course, Devin Booker continues to be out. And, really, there's just one guy who continues to be that kind of – I don't want to say chalky, but he's definitely getting picked up a lot even tonight if we do get that confirmation that Chris Paul is out. And that's Dwayne Washington Jr., 4,200, two games straight now. He was sitting at like the absolute bargain basement of 3,000 and got up to 3,600 in that Cleveland game. Took him in both of those 27, 31 DK points in that put up 18 field goal attempts in both of those games. And despite the fact that he's not the most, I would say, natural point guard, he's more of a get me the ball, shoot, I think he still gets the opportunities to be able to put up more than enough points for his price tag that I'm just all over him. And the same kind of thing goes to me for my other guy, which is going back to that Detroit-Philadelphia game, Killian Hayes on the other side. To me, his price is just way too low. 5700 he was out for a little bit uh, with his injury near the end of the year, but came back and now has had three games since the turn of the new year, 33, 40, 47 DK points straight. And he still keeps sitting at that kind of 5700 mark. And... Not to read too much into it, that 47 was against Philly as well, and now he gets to have another opportunity to do it. But just plain and simple, there are not enough ball handlers on the Detroit Pistons, and if he's going to be getting those points, it's also going to help my other front court guy, which I'll talk about later. But yeah, absolutely, Killian Hayes and Dwayne Washington are my two say value picks to round out my point guard slot. All right, so let me let me list, uh, I guess, a point guard, shooting guard type player. 
I first of all, I want to speak about Dwayne Washington. He's also on my list. I think, uh, you know what's funny? I was looking on Twitter, and it, the Suns haven't scored over 100 points in 2023 yet. So, <laughs> so I don't know how they're going to do that against Golden State. But uh, I think Dwayne Washington is a good shout. He's the only one who's been able to score points. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's the only option. I mean, with Chris Paul out, seemingly, I think I think even with Chris Paul was just decided to play, I think Dwayne Washington still has a good shot of getting over his value because of how much injuries they have. Another guy I was looking at, though, is kind of opposite of that team, and that's Jordan Poole. I think this might be one of those games where a lot of ownership is for Jordan Poole, and it, it, it stops after this because of Steph Curry's plausible return. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, in this type of game, with Phoenix has just been struggling, and I, I think this is a, a game where I think the Warriors are going to be outstanding, and I think Jordan Poole... I believe Clay Thompson is also questionable. So I think, well... As long as those two guys are out, I think Jordan Poole has a great shot of hitting his value. I I, I always like Jordan Poole just because he doesn't shy away from his jump shots. I mean, he can be hitting 35% from the field, but he's not going to shy away from any three-point shot. So I think Jordan Poole against Phoenix at 8,500 is another point guard, shooting guard type player that I would go for. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I think my only concern with that is that both Curry and Thompson are more towards the probable side of things in terms of actually showing up, which is always a bit of a worry in terms of who's going to actually get the opportunity to be able to put it up. And Jordan Poole sitting all the way up at 8,500. So probably has scared me off him. I actually are am finding myself more towards the Draymond side of things, which I'll talk about later. Ooh. But on the shooting guard side, this is where I had a little bit more of a... I don't want to say like cognitive dissonance, but there's just so many guys here that I just wasn't able to like totally be like, yes, this is an absolute smash bang pick that I want to be able to take. And they're really all in that kind of 6,000 and lower range. And I'll, I'll start with the first one, which is really with the Toronto Raptors going up against the Charlotte Hornets. We got Gary Trent here sitting at 6,100. Now, we just got the news that he's being, you know, actively shopped around, right? We could very well be seeing Gary Trent leaving our Toronto Raptors before the trade deadline is up. But what hasn't been leaving Gary is his shooting. And he has been on a tear for the last, say, six games at this point now. He, he hit the heights of like 53 DK points a couple of games ago, but hasn't found himself below 30 DK points now for six games in a row. And regardless of the fact that He's not necessarily been the most hyper-efficient guy for all those games. The rest of it has just kind of come around there. And Charlotte, if there's there's one thing we know about Charlotte, is that they're going to let you score. They're going to come back and try to put up points on their end. But this, currently sitting at a 231.5 game, we don't have too many totals, but this is one that we do have four. And with the Raptors favored to win by about 7.5 in a 230 game, I expect Gary Trent should be able to get into that 30s, as far as DK points concerned, pretty comfortably. And depending on how kind of things go, he has a he has a good shot to drop 5.5 to 6x here. All right, so I, on my side, I went with uh, I went with Victor Oladipo, and this is a uh, this is mainly based off because of Miami's. I mean, I, this type of pick, I think you want to wait until the end to kind of mm. see who's playing, because uh, you because they have so many players who are questionable right now. I think Tyler Harris questionable, Gabe Vincent. Uh, Duncan Robinson is out. I think Kyle Lowry is out. Mm-hmm. So I think the minutes are going to be there for Victor Oladipo to definitely get his shout. I think if you if you do want to go for maybe a little bit lower, you maybe want to go for Max Strews. Mm-hmm. I like Oladipo better because I think he can have more of a he can kind of play himself into a, a role, whereas Max Strews kind of can rely on other players. 
And uh, another one I want to mention is Terry Wazir. Now, Terry Wazir has been amazing I, 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 against the Bucks, And ever since the, that game against the Bucks, he's just been uh, playing some great basketball. And I think against Toronto, who we have not been good defensively. So I, I don't think we had that same defensive identity. But uh, he's been a monster recently. Uh, he's averaging like 35 DK fantasy points in this past uh, past few games. Uh, and I, I just think he's – Keith kind of put me on. Anyways, I think uh, last podcast Keith put, said he was going crazy, and he's been continues to go off. And mm. I, I like I like Terry Rozier against our Raptors, unfortunately. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely on one of that uh, short list of Raptor killers that's there, and it just continues <laughs> to be a thing. And for under seven thousand, now that Kelly Oubre is out as well, there's one hundred percent more opportunity for him to be able to uh, get his shots up. And on top of that, Hayward has also been listed as doubtful. So just a lot of opportunities to be able to go ahead and get something going there. So I don't I don't mind that shout at all. And the last one that I'll say here before I kind of move on is I'm keeping a very close eye on what Luka Doncic's status is looking like on this game. Um, so that's obviously like his price is his price as a point guard. I was more looking at Jaden Hardy on the other side here. Got to be the sixth man in the last game. 3,500, played 27 minutes in there. And regardless of the fact that he didn't you know, really kill it as far as his uh, fantasy points itself is concerned, I like this price tag. I like this matchup. And plain and simple, I like the opportunity for him to be a little bit more of a handler when they're going to be crowding Spencer Dinwiddie a little bit more because that's what we saw happen really in the last game. Uh, he didn't hit his shots, which is you know to his discredit, unfortunately, but... For his bargain basement price tag, I like him more than I like a Reggie Bullock, who uh, I've been burned with before as well. And he just, it's like he's out there to do cardio for 35 minutes. It just, it pisses me off every time I pick him. So I'm going to rather take the uh, the flyer on someone who uh, has, you know, an, a rare opportunity to be able to go ahead and do it and showed himself to be a bit more of a rim runner as well, which is always a more exciting prospect for me when I'm looking at guys who could potentially do something. So uh, Jaden Hardy, 3,500. If Luka Doncic is out, I'm going to find myself taking him at that 10:30 game in that uh, Clippers matchup. Uh, anyone from your end? Otherwise, from the shooting guard side, or we can move on to the small forwards. I think we're for, we can move on now. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I'll start up first of all from a small forward position. So again, we talked about it earlier. You know, the the injury side of things. There's just so many question marks on a bunch of different teams here. And going back to that uh, Clippers game that's coming up against the Mavericks. Um, looking out at Paul George continuing to be questionable over here, and given that it is the hamstring that he's already dealt with, I'm leaning towards the fact that he's likely going to be sitting out this game as well, and that's especially so if Luka Doncic is also out on the other side, which means the Clippers can throw it out. So there is, I don't want to say it's two guys here that I'm really looking at, but Norman Powell is the major guy that I'm looking at here in terms mm -hmm. of who my uh, small forward pick is going to be. Uh, we got we saw him go. 31 minutes in that last game against Atlanta, didn't have a great shooting night, still got himself to the free throw line eight times, shot 13 times altogether. And while he unfortunately didn't you know, fully hit 5x on his value, you could see the upside that's there. He just needs to hit a couple more shots from you know what his usual efficiency is. He's not a 23% you know, shooter guy. So it's just a, it's just a lot of uh, a lot to like in terms of his price tag. And Norman Powell has shown that he's a bit of a microwave as far as offense is concerned. So just gets a couple going and he can get it going. And I expect this uh, Clippers game to be a pretty fast-paced one with the Mavericks, especially if they're if Luka's out, they run more to be able to try to make up for the fact that they don't have that half-court offense. So expect more possessions, expect more opportunities for Norman Powell to do his thing at 4,900. 
All right. Speaking of this Clippers game, I went with Kawhi because I'm also leaning towards PG not playing. Mm. And Kawhi 8700 with the game he had last last game, I think, uh, especially considering the fact that the Clippers, I think, are on a six-game losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So I think at, at this point, like, they, they got to turn something around. And I think uh, they might just do Kawhi iso ball majority of times in this game. Also, this also kind of is reliant. So I think this is why you got to keep up with the uh, injury status. You know, make sure you keep up in the Discord because we're going to be updating it as usual. And uh, if Luca does decide to play, I think this is going to be a close game. Obviously, if Luca does not decides not to play, I think that's where you want to go. Maybe with uh, with Tadas's route with uh, a Norman Powell or maybe a Marcus Morris. But uh, if he, if they do decide to play, I like Kawhi at 8700. I think he's always one of those. As of right now, a budget superstar type pick because of how much he can really elevate his his value with how he plays, and uh, I kind of like him at that value. Yeah, I like it. I said Kawhi is always the guy who can drop a fifty on a given night. It's really how much he cares <laughs> and whether he actually goes about doing it. So don't mind that at all. And the last guy before I move on to the power forwards that I'm looking at is again jumping back to that Charlotte Toronto game over there, and that is. Uh, the guy Jalen McDaniels on the Charlotte Hornets. His price tag has you know, slowly been rising up as he has pretty much taken over the Kelly Oubre role fully. And we saw that really hit its uh, its kind of peak in its 14 shot attempts that he was able to now get up against that uh, Indiana defense in the previous game. Now, if there's one thing that the Raptors have been absolutely terrible at this entire season has been opponent offensive rebounds and just overall total rebounds in general. And Jalen McDaniels has, alongside Mason Plumlee, pretty much taken over that role to really keep crashing the boards out there. And I expect that he's going to get the opportunity to be able to get somewhere close to that kind of eight to nine rebounds that he, we've been seeing him get pretty pretty consistently ever since Kelly Oubre went out. So the rest of it just has to kind of play in his regular season averages, and he could very easily walk away with a 35-plus DK points game here. So for 5,300, a guy who would only need to score somewhere in the mid to late 20s to really make it worth it, has got a very safe floor at this point. His minutes are secure, and I like him at 5,300 to be able to round out uh, my small forward picks. All right, for my last more forward pick, you know that guy that has, you, maybe you might relate, that guy that you always go for, he never lives up to it, but you keep going for it because of the opportunity and the chance he gets. So I'm, my guy for that case is Sadiq Bey. As Sadiq Bey going against Philly, <laughs> I see your reaction. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, burn too many times on that bridge. 4,600, but on is not placed. There's no Jalen Duran. There's no Marvin Bagley. That means that, that leaves them with Isaiah Stewart, him, Nolan Noah as the only essentially front rotational front court players. So I'm, I'm praying Sadiq Bey. It's a good game. I think at 4,600, he has a great chance. He did have a stinker last game, but uh, man, the opportunity is there. And I, I just think at 4,600, I'm, I'm like, I just think the ceiling is he has a really great chance of having great games, man. And I'm just hoping this is the one to come out. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that we're giving out gambling picks here, but that's uh, even that's a bit too much of a gamble for me at this point. I swear he's burned me so many times, man. I, I'm going to say good luck to you on that, and I'll just keep an eye out on the box score, see how things go, because, yeah, yeah, Sadiq ain't it for me anymore. <laughs> Damn, you gave up? <laughs> I've, I've long that, – that boat is gone. Bay is done for me. I think uh, I spent – about a quarter of the previous season advocating for him and him just like kicking me in the nuts consistently. It's like, Harris, at some point, you has gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta let it go. It's over, it's not happening. It's like a bad relationship you just gotta cut off. <laughs> 
But spe- speaking of relationships <laughs> that I do find myself taking on pretty consistently and having relative success with it, that's on the power forward side, and that is with Draymond Green. And I'm actually going on the other side of the assumption that they are going to be fully healthy uh, coming up in this uh, Phoenix game. We know that both Curry and Thompson are listed as probable coming into this game, but you know, we've seen probable tags not be nearly as probable <laughs> as we've seen in other seasons. <laughs> I, I swear Drew Holiday was probable for like four games, and it's just like sitting out every time yeah. for a random illness. I'm like, this is pissing me off. But Draymond, when the team is healthy, it finds himself in a much more active role, plain and simple. It's just one of those things where he can now go back to being what he is, which is an elite facilitator, an elite help defender, and altogether just be more of that dog on the defensive end. And especially in a matchup here against the Western Conference rival, against the team, despite them being fully healthy or not, is one of those teams that the Warriors always look to just beat up on because, well, there's just, I don't want to say bad blood, but there's definitely a healthy rivalry between uh, the Suns and Warriors that is that is going on pretty consistently here. So I like Draymond Green in these kind of matchups. 6,500 doesn't give him, I would say, you know, absolute sky-high upside, but we've seen him be in kind of that early to mid-6,000s and be able to drop 40s as far as DK points are concerned pretty consistently when the team is actually healthy. So, you know, as much as he is a Mr. Triple Single, he still has all that he has to be able to get a very good stat line in this game. I expect him to be able to rack up a good amount of steals and blocks to kind of go along with it just because of the fact that the Suns are going to be playing smaller. It just gives Draymond that opportunity and the rest of it will come through. So 6,500, I like him for 5x and I think there's great opportunity there. All right, so for my power four position, I went with uh, another Raptors player. And I went with Scotty Barnes at 6,600. I think uh, what really appealed to me when it came to Scotty is that his difference between home games and away games. On home games, he gets around 38 DK fantasy points away games. It's like an eight-point differential, so he usually gets around 29. And uh, and then at home game against a Charlotte team, and uh, I just think uh, he's been kind of getting his groove back. Uh, he, he still struggles a bit to score, but he's like he he can just contribute to the game in multiple ways. And uh, even the last game against Portland, he had like a few steals, blocks, assists, rebounds, and he even hit double-digit points. And uh, I just think uh, with him, he has a really great chance of uh, really getting more than his value. Another option I did look at was OG. I don't think he's a power forward, but you guys kind of go in that forward range. But with, with what made me choose Scotty over OG was just how much he could really uh, hit his mark, hit more than his mark than he usually does. That's fair. He just needs uh, Thaddeus Young to yell at him at halftime again. That's it worked. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, worked. he was terrible in the first half, and then he just came out all the guns blazing in the second, and yeah, ended up on a really good night. But Scotty's been a bit inconsistent, but hey, it's it's a pretty good call for uh, for his price tag and the opposition that he's up against. And the last one you already mentioned it earlier. Marcus Morris is again in, in a great position to be able to kind of just keep up his price tag. At 4,900, exact same as Norman Powell. I think they both have very similar kind of upsides given the uh, given the matchup and given the um, the way that the Clippers' offense is looking right now. Uh, got 32 in the last game as far as DK points, and that's still with him not shooting all that great six of 16. But at 4,900, you only need him to get about 27, 28 for it really to be worth your while. I expect that regardless of whether Paul George uh, plays or not, Marcus Morris is locked in as that's starting power forward for them. They get a lot of relief offense coming out from there, and 
he's one of those guys where if you look at the box where you're kind of playing wrong, if he's got one shot going, you can almost guarantee he's going to take like the next three out of the next four shots to be able to see if you can get a heat <laughs> check going. He's just that kind of player. So it's like irrational confidence that every player ends up having. But at 4,900, I like his price tag. I like the opposition for the matchup. I expect it, as I said, to be a higher pace game. Sign me up for Marcus. Uh, let me see. Another power forward I had was Paolo Boncaro. Paolo Boncaro has been a beast. I mean, it's his numbers don't look like he's a rookie, but he's just been amazing. Hmm. 8200 was an interesting number, but I, I just think uh, I, every time I go against Paolo, like, there's been times where I don't go for Paolo, and he ends up having a monster night. And uh, Portland is an interesting team because, but I just think uh, he's, with, with how Orlando plays is that Paolo may be listed as a power forward and center, but he usually doesn't play that. You can usually see him playing at small forward because they like to run that double center lineup, whether it's Mo Bamba or and Wendell uh, Carter. So I think uh, Paolo has a really great chance of hitting a lot more than uh, hitting more than his value usually accounts for. I think he's been also having a great uh, past few games, in, uh, averaging 41 and on his splits as well. He, there's not much really difference when it comes to home or road games, and I think Paolo's a good pick. Yeah, not, not a bad call at all. He's going to be up against Nurkic. Let's see how he does over there. Should be a fun game. Finally, as far as the center side of things are concerned, and this is where I did get a bit excited. There's a number of guys that I really do like, and I think they have just sky-high upsides. I My utility guy has pretty much been a second center to go with it. So first and foremost, just that Embiid questionable status being the first game of the night is going to be where you're mm-hmm. going to be really paying attention and seeing if he is, in fact, out. Because both Montrezl Harrow, Paul Reed are absolutely just excellent picks for, for their price, regardless of what it, which one you like over the other. I personally like Paul Reed a little bit more. I think he's a better rebounder in plain and simple. I think mm-hmm. he's a guy that can actually give you those really, really big nights when he gets the opportunity to get going. He dropped 39 in just uh, 24 minutes last game. And, uh, yeah, for him at 3,900, just an excellent position. I think he's going to be pretty highly owned, just plain and simple, given uh, Embiid being out on there. And uh, I expect him to, uh, you know, continue to split those minutes perfectly in half with Montrez Harrell as he did last game as well. So, really, it's it's a bit of a coin flip. But, uh, honestly, I, I have had lineups in which I've ended up with both of them as my centers. And I'm I'm okay with it, <laughs> depending on how kind of the rest of it works out. But, yeah, that, that combination is my uh, kind of starting go-to if uh, if Embiid is in fact out. I I kind of went with uh I I did one with Paul Reed. I chose him over Montrezero. Mm-hmm. I think uh I think it's like what a nine hundred dollar difference. I want to say. Yep. And I think Paul Reed had just a better game a better game. I, I, you know what's best about this game is that you can kind of use the last game as a reference point. <laughs> so kind of don't get caught up in that. Man. <laughs> that is like DFS one hundred and one. You get caught up in box score chasing and then you end up on your butt. That's just how it is. So I, I just like Paul Reed in this matchup more. So especially with, uh, like I mentioned, Detroit is having a few injuries to the big man. So maybe Detroit, uh, maybe they like to go Paul Reed and play a bit more small. I also went with another guy on the other side, and Isaiah Stewart mm. at 5,100. And that's just mainly because of the absence of Jalen Duran and Marvin Bagley. Uh, I think obviously Nolas Noel may get a few minutes, maybe 10, 12, but I think you're going to see majority of the minutes go to Isaiah Stewart. And uh, I think he, he had a really great game last one, and I just think he's He's, it, it, because of his addition to his three-point shot, he's been able to do a lot more and get uh, there's some ways to get fast three points. And I think uh, if their only other forward being Sadiq Bey, I think he's going to grab a lot more defense rebounds and just be able to participate in the game more so than usual. Yeah, I love it. He, he was on my list as well. And 
Yeah, I, I think Isaiah Stewart, just in general, given the fact that Detroit are just absolutely craving to get some sort of consistency going on the inside, especially, as you said, with Jalen Duran out, great pickup uh, on that one. The last one is a bit more of a dart throw because you never know what kind of minutes uh, they end up giving him. That being said, in the Cleveland-Utah game, given the fact that Cleveland just loves having that bit more size on there, you got their twin towers up at the front. Walker Kessler continues to be a guy that I, I really love taking. Uh, obviously came up big for me last game. I actually helped end up with a pretty uh, pretty good night, given the fact that I went with him there. But played 23 minutes, ended up on uh, 38 DK points in that one. And with uh, Kelly Olenek now out, and he could potentially be out for a decent amount of time, based on what they said, uh, we could really start to see Walker Kessler establish himself as a primary rim protector for this uh, Utah team. They're not necessarily, you know, super tall otherwise. Yeah, you got Laurie Markkinen, but he's more of a power forward, small forward. He's out there. So it's more a combination of uh, Walker Kessler and Jared Vanderbilt. And it's really Walker Kessler in a seven-foot frame that has the ability to be able to rack up blocks in a hurry. And he was able to get six of them in the last game and just continues to be averaging two blocks a game in about, you know, 20 to 22 minutes on average. If he can get that 24-25, which I'm hoping he can do, especially in this matchup here, I see him being able to not necessarily fully replicate the double-double that he had against Memphis, but he should get pretty close. And it really just comes down to uh, how much of a block party he's putting on on the night, because I really think he has the upside to be able to give you a 6-7x, which is what you want in a GPP play. Uh, so Walker Kessler, I kind of I predicted that right as soon as the beginning, I knew you were gonna pick him. I think I really like him as well. At uh, this 4700, he's and uh, like you said, the Cleveland matchup, they have two big men. Cleveland uh, Linux injured. I think this is a one of those. I feel like I think it's a lock because of how much minutes he's gonna get in this type of matchup. And you said in 23 minutes of action, he got six blocks, 11 rebounds, and 10 points. And I think he can. I want to say replicated, but he's definitely gonna have a similar stat line because of how much minutes he's going to get. Another guy I want to mention, and this is kind of uh, related to uh, the absence of Bam, if he decides not to if he decides to play or not, and that's Orlando Robinson. Uh, he's only at 3,100. He's one of those low picks where he might not get you a lot of points, but he's going to get minutes, and he's going to be able to just get you a solid 20 DK fantasy points. That's easy to slot in at 3,100. Yeah, not bad. It's uh, 20 minutes, all you really need for him to hit his value. So... That is a good place for us to be able to finish and get right into our Thrive Fantasy prop picks of the night over here. And uh, really, this is, again, where that kind of questionable side of things uh, does come in and really starting to think of who it is that I want to look into. And I know you picked Jordan Poole as one of your guys to be able to go tonight as far as DK points are concerned. But I expect that even if he is, he's not going to be handling the ball nearly as much with the assumption that the uh, team is healthy. So for him... Four and a half assists, I think he's going to end up under that. So 100 points on that one for you to be uh, below four and a half. As I said, when it's fully healthy, it's Curry who's handling the ball or it's Draymond setting up the assists. Poole's probably going to be the recipient of more passes than actually creating as much of his uh, his own offense. So I'm, I'm going to throw that out there for four and a half on his under. And then the second one, which I do like uh, to take on the over on, is Pascal Siakam. 39 and a half total for his points, rebounds, and assists in a matchup against Charlotte, in a matchup in which it's going to be fast-paced. And Siakam has just consistently done well in the matchup against Charlotte, even going back to last season. So he's, you know, hit that mark 
pretty consistently over his last uh, over his last five games. And despite the fact that uh, he hasn't really had that monster performance in, in the last couple, I expect that we're going to see him uh, get back to kind of his best in this matchup here and take that 39 and a half over for 105 points. All right, so on my side, I also went with the Siakam one. I think uh, the Siakam one against uh, a Charlotte team is going to be, a, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think this is a, I don't want to say it's a lot, but I think, like you said, he has been struggling as a great, but this is a great game to kind of get back into his all-NBA form that he was playing on before. Uh, another one I went with was uh, Damian Lillard over 35.5 total points and assists. Uh, I think Orlando is a tough, it's not, not one of those teams that you can just take easily. So I think uh, Portland is going to have a tougher time beating them. And I think Damian Lillard is going to have a great game. I mentioned him on the, the fantasy point side of the thing. I think he's going to have a great game. And getting over 35-point total points and assists, I think it's really capable of Damian Lillard. And another one I went with is, I went with the under one. And I usually don't go under, but uh, Jeremy Grant under 29.5 total points, rebounds, and assists. Mm. I think, uh, I don't like this matchup for Jeremy Grant because of, I mentioned, like, the front court side of things for uh, Orlando. And uh, I, I just I just think uh, he's going to struggle against this type of team. All right. Well, you've heard our picks, you've heard our pillar plays, and you've heard our Thrive Fantasy. And as always, you can continue to hear more of us on Twitter if you follow first myself, at H-A-K underscore devil, where you can continue to get these spicy takes. Reach me in my DMs. I keep getting these questions, which is excellent. I love it. I love the community being engaged in that. So keep uh, reaching out to me and tell me how you guys do on a given night. And Ramiz, where can the good people find you on Twitter? They can also find me at the username too nice. So that'll be spelled T-O-0 underscore nice underscore. Perfect. Love it. Definitely give him a follow out there. Uh, yeah, we just keep working, keep grinding away to give the best possible plays. As always, keep an eye out for the injury report. You can get that on Sports Ethos with our live injury report on there. And just once again, plug in to get yourself signed up with that DFS pass so you can be asking the pros all the way up until lock. But that's going to lock it in for this podcast here. And let's go ahead and kill some tournaments. And we will see you on the next one. <laughs>